Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Ready, set, Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. Hopefully, they'll be uh, going on over here. That having been said, 
Um, lots of things going on in the NFL that we're going to talk about. We're going to obviously talk about the uh, the situations for the Saturday games, but Hall of Fame picks and uh, eligible folks uh, have been picked. So that having been said, some of the Hall of Fame for the NFL, those things that are going on, Edron James has been named uh, for a uh, finalist for the NFL Hall of Fame. So, and, and guys, you know, you know, I get it. I understand why people like Edron James as he's an Indianapolis Colt, Arizona Cardinal, and Seattle Seahawks, four-time Pro Bowler, uh, 2000s All-Decade team. You know, you know, folks, I, I'm, I'm just, maybe I am hard to impress. But I'm not, and I don't care about Edron James whether or not he gets into the finalists. I really don't. But you got Atwater, Champ Bailey, Tony Baselli, Isaac Bruce, Don Coriel needs to be in the Hall of Fame, folks. Uh, Alan Fanica, Tom Flores, Tony Gonzalez for the first timer, uh, Steve Hutchinson. Uh, we already mentioned Edron James, Ty Law, John Lynch, and uh, Kevin Malloway, Ed Reed, and Richard Seymour. That's where they are. Those are the 16 finalists right there. So, yeah, it should be interesting on who you might think could or should be right there as far as the Hall of Fame. Right now, I, I'm not an Edger and James fan to make the Hall of Fame. I'm just not, I, and I, I could realize I'm a jerk. Don, Don Coriel needs to be in the Hall of Fame. The rest of them, I mean, John Lynch, I, I see why people want him there. I get it. I understand. So maybe I'm all right with him. But really, the rest of these, if they had to wait another year, I could care less. Uh, Tony Gonzalez, yeah, I think he probably is, uh, you know, a Hall of Famer, and I get it, and I understand it. The rest of the names don't impress me. I mean, if you want to be the Hall of Good, that's fine. You want to be the Hall of Fame, uh, I think there's a different level. If you want to be Hall of, you know, the Hall of Fame is for great players, good players, and then there are players. There's players, good players, great players, and then Hall of Fame, and I just don't think a lot of them really sit right there from the 16 that I just talked about. And, yeah, I I get it. I just think there are other people out there that are better. I think there are other people that got in the first time that had no business getting in, and we shouldn't be talking about Don Coriel not still in the Hall of Fame. I hope he gets there. He deserves it. I just, you know... One of those things, and we talked about whether a Hall of Fame or the Hall of Good or whatever the case may be, and to be honest, when we talk about guys, especially guys now that want to make the Hall of Fame or people think that they should be in the Hall of Fame, um, we're just not getting it. I, I'm not impressed. I, I maybe, maybe I'm hard to impress. I get it. So that Hall of Fame finalists have been announced. 
There's a report coming out of Cleveland regarding the Browns denying requests to interview offensive coordinator uh, The Kitchen. I call him The Kitchen. So I don't know what that story is all about. I don't know who's saying what, nor do I care. Adam Schefter says the door is open for a trade to happen. What are you going to get? Or Antonio, I'm a big mouth. I think my stuff doesn't stink and everything else. What what do you think? Because me, frankly, can care less about Antonio Brown. And the problem with the Steelers was exactly what we talked about on our last show. We let the the Steelers let one to two guys dictate how that team was going to play. So the Steelers, where they should be and where they are, two different places. Brian Kelly being considered as the Bucks head coach, the head coach of Notre Dame, I'd, I'd take that gig and follow him. First of all, it is Notre Dame. Notre Dame is not known for a team to continue to do things over and over and over. So is Brian Kelly the guy? I don't know. But if I was Brian Kelly and that job was swaying in front of me, I think I'd jump on it. Good, bad, or indifferent, I don't know. But the first question you have to ask him, how do you feel about that quarterback that they have decided that they're going to keep? Some other things that are going on, but before we do that, let me hit that button right here. In case you didn't know. Your ass better call somebody. All right, it's Cuervo on our special show, the NFL Saturday playoffs uh, show. We're going to talk about those games. But Cuervo, how you doing, my friend, on a, a wonderful Thursday evening? I'm great, Sonny. In the truck, heading home. Uh, you know, just got off of work. So how's how's your day going? Doing good. What do you think of the six? Hall of Fame finalists. Uh, well, to be honest, I haven't had a chance to see the full list, but I, obviously I know the the uh, the big names, as my Twitter feed has, has informed me, that uh, at least three of the big names that I kind of figured were going to be finalists are are it's now official. So the, the, yeah. this class looks just as good as last year's. I think it's weaker. Well, I say, that's why I'm saying just as good. It's not as good, but it's just that it, it's it's a it's close. <laughs> I wish I could find something better to say. I think there are only uh, really three surefires that should be there. One's Tony Gonzalez. The second is Don Coriel, and the third, I, you know, I'm even still kind of wondering. But I'll go John Lynch just to say it. The rest of them, if they don't make it, I, you know, I, I'm not going to lose a lot of sleep here. Well, I mean, I know a lot. A lot of those guys, you may not, you may have overlooked, but I don't know. But I mean, Ed Reed. Ed Reed's got to be a first ballot. Ed Reed was. I mean, he defined. He's the reason why we use the name, uh, uh, nickname of Ballhawk. I mean, that guy was flying all over the field whenever he was playing. Uh, yeah, Tony Gonzalez, I think you can argue that he's the greatest tight end to ever play the game. 
Um, yeah. You know him, him, and you know a lot, a lot of the uh, the old school guys such as yourself uh, may argue against me. And since we're on the subject of Don Coriel, a lot of people are, are big fans of Kelly Winslow Senior. So, um, you know, there's difference of opinion there, but uh, but there's definitely which. I thought I thought Coriel was already in the Hall of Fame. I'm I'm scratching my head, wondering yeah. how he's yeah. not in already. Completely agree with you. Uh, this is I the mean, guy that has that 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 really kind of uh, if you look at the era of where he's coming from, he was one of the first to take a step out, really ahead of some of the other ones like the Parcells and things like that. So I agree with you. The fact that he's not in yet, that actually kind of surprises me. I think this is the year he's going to get it, though, um, as far as uh, you know that whole situation. Because Tom Flores is on there. I, I like Flores, but I don't like him enough. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, but his name's on the list as well. So it goes Atwater, Bailey, Tony Baselli, Isaac Bruce, Coriel, uh, Fanica, uh, let's see here, Gonzalez, we talked about Steve Hutchins, Edron James, I'm not impressed, I'm sorry, I'm not, um, Ty Law, uh, John Lynch, Kevin uh, Malwe, uh, Ed Reed, and Richard Seymour. I'm on the fence on Seymour, but I don't think he's quite there, I, you know, as far as that, but as far as this list, he, he, he might make it in because, I'll just say it, I think the list is kind of weak still. Um, I, and I know that I'm going to get beat up by these youngers that love they, that love them a little Atwater, love a little bit of that uh, Champ Bailey. I get why they like him. Isaac Bruce, I'd like to see him make it. I just I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Um, but you know that's where we get down to to you know, your type of reasoning why you want him in the Hall of Fame or not. And I'm kind of like the old school uh, kind of thing and. I just want to see more from them, and you know, maybe I'm not getting it, or maybe I don't understand it. But uh, there have been some stuff that's going on for that. So interesting year this year, um, as far as the Hall of Fame is concerned, uh, as far as the picks and stuff. So I think we'll see some getting some get in there. Yeah, so I mean, based off the names that you just mentioned, I mean, look, I I I am all about a guy like a Champ Bailey getting in. And, yes, I'm one of the, the young heads, as you as you said, that want to see Champ Bailey get in. Steve Atwater, hard hitter, you know, uh, kind of reminded you of a Ronnie Lott, uh, but he yeah. was no Ronnie Lott. Yeah. So, uh, nope. he, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see Steve Atwater as a Hall of Famer, at least not yet. Uh, Isaac Bruce, I no, I, I, I don't think he gets in either. He shouldn't get in. Uh, who were the other names that you met? Kevin Mawai. I mean, I, you know, honestly, say I don't know how to judge if an offensive lineman should get in. I mean, do, do you base it off of how many sacks he allowed? Do you base it off of uh, how many pan- times he pancaked a guy? Like, what what would I guess the basis be for you know voting an offensive lineman in there? Because I tell you, Baselli Baselli was was. I mean, he was a complete monster. I mean, you weren't getting past him. Yeah, it was he was Jack a brick Jaguar. He was a great. He was probably the best offensive lineman the Jaguars ever had. And didn't even play it down when he was with, with the Houston Texans. I have his jersey with the Texans, um, but didn't didn't even play. Mm-hmm. He was the first uh, player picked in the supplemental draft when Houston came in. So uh, yeah. never did it play it down for him because of injuries and stuff like that. But 
take away from that, I you know, yeah, and I like I like the guy, but you know, I'm not quite there for the uh, Hall of Fame. But that having been said, it brings up some great big news that is going on, Claire Bo, and it, it just happened like right after we got off the air. All of a sudden, all the news started coming out, and you know what I'm talking about. It's about a certain wide receiver coming out of Pittsburgh. And, and we talked a little bit about Antonio Brown and what he's all about. Now that we find out he was dead, he not, uh, sat down because of injury, heard the stories and everything else, this doesn't surprise me uh, about Antonio Brown. You know, he's got the punk attitude, uh, you know, like I've always mentioned before. So the fact that it happened doesn't shock me whatsoever, uh, but more in the fact that you know, if you're a team looking for that number one wide receiver, what are you really going to give up for a Antonio Brown besides the player? Because you already know you, you, you're going to give up a lot when it comes towards character regarding this guy. There is no question about that. So really how much besides the guys that you're going to do as far as the players or a draft pick or whatever the case may be, what else are you giving them? You, you know, you're selling your soul. It could be depending on what you think about and Antonio Brown's character. You know, honestly, Sonny, you know what you're getting in return if you trade for Antonio Brown. It, it's it's plain and simple. You're getting the best receiver in the game, one of the best receivers in the game. Uh, you know, as far as attitude and character and all that stuff, normally I I would say that yeah, you know, you're buyer beware. I don't, I don't necessarily agree that that's the case with Antonio Brown. I think this is more of a situation where, you know, maybe similar to Le'Veon Bell, I just think, you know, these guys kind of are just – they've grown tired of, of the way things are, are handled in Pittsburgh, things, the way things are being done. And these guys are just kind of like, you know what, I've had enough. And – you know, I don't know if, if you've heard anything else beyond that, but um, there, there's, there's some, there's some, uh, I guess, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, friction between him and Ben Roethlisberger. Now, Ben, Ben has publicly said that there's no problems between the two, and and that you know whatever has happened between them is, is, is are false reports or whatever, uh, but. I, I'm here to tell you that I, I don't believe it for one second. I think I, I think either. Ben and Antonio Brown really have issues with each other, and, and I don't know if it's an ego thing on who who wants to be the the big name, the big star in, in on the team. Uh, but I don't I don't think Ben should be picking a fight with Antonio Brown because you know Ben's been in the league for what 13, 14 years now. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that Ben Roethlisberger is, is the face of that Steelers franchise right now. I know a lot Without of people question. love Antonio Brown, and, and, and that's great. But I don't think there's any question that Ben is the face of that franchise. And, you know, that, that's, that's a fight that I don't think really should be happening uh, because Antonio Brown's not going to win, win that argument. You know, Ben Ben is is the, the the core of that team. He's the face of the, of the franchise, and I I don't I don't know what Antonio Brown is is trying to accomplish, but I mean, it looks like 
you know, first they lose Le'Veon Bell because they don't want to they don't want to fork up the money to to uh, you know to keep him. Now they're looking at possibly trading away a top three receiver in the league, and, and I mean they've got a lot of money invested in him too. So if that happens. Uh, the Steelers are going to have some money to spend, and I mean, oh, yeah. I don't know, you know, I don't know what what they plan on doing with all that money, but but it's it's going to be available, and 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 in reality, all it's going to do is really hurt this Pittsburgh Steelers team. But you know, the Steelers, Sonny, they always figure a way to make things work, uh, and, and whether it's keeping Antonio Brown or not, the Steelers will will make this right uh, with or without him, and and. You know they're they're going to be a team that is going to be right there in the thick of the AFC playoffs again next year. I don't know if they'll make it, kind of like what happened this year, but they'll they'll be they'll they'll continue to be right there. No, they won't, because I think I'm going to go back to our show that we had this past week during the week, which by the way was one of the better shows that we've had in a long time. But I'm I'm right there with with you, Cuervo. I th- I think Mike Tomlin has lost this team. I, and whether it's, you know, a problem with someone not getting paid, whether some R-E-S-V-E-C-T is not being handed out and someone thinks that they should get it. But I'm going to tell you right now, I think, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are in trouble next year. And I, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say they won't make the playoffs, I, I, but they're, they're in trouble if they're going to think about winning the AFC North say whatever you want, you're going to have to figure out whether, and we'll find out fairly quickly on whether or not you have to worry about the Cleveland Browns. Sophomore slumps usually start showing immediately. So after week three or four, we'll know where the Browns will be. The Browns will either be in contention or they'll be out of it, one of the two. And they'll be right there. And that part will be figured out. But you still got to figure out the same thing with Baltimore. But out of the ball, out of the three that are there outside of Pittsburgh, Cincinnati is a complete, I mean, it, it is a dumpster fire big time, but they'll have a new coach. How much will that affect? But you'll have the number one, number two back with Andy and Green. So this is not a walk in the park for Pittsburgh to make it. Obviously, they had a hell of a time with it. And by the way, the, the, the Cleveland Browns should be celebrating. They're the ones that kept them out of the playoffs. So an interesting, ah, how do you put it? An interesting scenario for Pittsburgh is really, is that team going to play for Mike Tomlin next year after what may end up happening in the offseason? Because who knows who else may go? And will that be because they're sick of Tomlin? Will that be because they're sick of, of a Ben Roethlisberger? Which, if you are, you better deal with it. Uh, because number one quarterbacks are not a diamond dozen in the NFL, but wide receivers are. Yeah, they are sunny, and I, and I think that's why you know the Pittsburgh Steelers have shown a a track record of not being afraid to get rid of you know wide receivers, even if they are playing in their prime and whatnot. Uh, you know, they, yeah. I mean, they did it when they yeah. had Wallace. They did it when they had uh, uh, you know who was the other guy? I think there was one more guy that they had too. I can't think of his name, but um, you know they 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 have done it in the past and. You know, Antonio Brown's an exceptional receiver, but I think the Steelers know just as well as anybody that you can you can survive, um, you know, losing a guy like that. I, I, I think – and it's funny because I, I went back and I listened to our our, um, 
our preview show before week one even happened. And I said it then, and I'm, I'm still going to stick to it. I think the Steelers are, are going to regret not paying Le'Veon Bell because, you know, you're talking about a guy that can, that does more than just uh, get handoffs from the backfield. I mean, he's a guy that can catch 60, 70, 80 passes a year for you and, and do just he's, he's a lot more versatile than a lot of running backs are in this league and he you know he he's arguably the best at what he does and I just think that guys like that I would keep before I would I would sign you know an Antonio Brown that is a one-dimensional player I guess that's one I guess that's how I would put it is Antonio Brown's a one-dimensional player. He goes out and he Good catches, he catches passes, and he, and he catches a lot of them. Don't get me wrong, but uh, but Le'Veon Bell is—he's multi-dimensional. I mean, like I said, he—he—he's you know, a running back that can also, you know, catch as many passes. I mean, as a wide receiver does. He, he reminds me of a uh, production-wise. He's a—he's a Ladanian Tomlinson, and and you know, and you saw how valuable he was to the the Chargers, and then you saw what happened once once he left their team. I think the Steelers really have dropped the ball <clears throat> as a franchise. And, and we can go to Le'Veon Bell and the reason behind it. I mean, Le'Veon Bell, I mean, they should have just cut the guy and it, you just got done with it. And they didn't. And, and, and that's the, the mentality for some reason for the Pittsburgh Steeler ownership or general manager or all that has changed. Because like you said, Cuervo, in the years past, they let Mike Wallace go. They could care less. They were better off for it. And that, that, that thinking did not go into this year with the Le'Veon Bell. And now with another problem child with the Antonio Brown, yeah, I'll call him a problem child because that's what he is. Uh, now they got that whole situation to deal with now. Good, better, and different. It's not a it, it's not a good thing in reality, um, as far as the mentality of this football team moving forward. What what are the Steelers going to be? The Steelers are known for getting over it, and this year they didn't get over the Le'Veon Bell thing, and it rolled over into the regular season, and you know. Like you, I think you even said the person that's laughing about this is Le'Veon Bell all the way because guess what? He's still going to get his money. Sitting out this year, he's going to get some of it, even though he didn't play it down. Someone's going to give him too much money to end up making up for what he missed this year. So that's going to happen. Le'Veon Bell is laughing his way all the way to the bank. And wouldn't it be a great story? I mean, in reality, is if he ended up on an AFC North football team. Whether it be you know Baltimore, uh, Cleveland, or over in Cincinnati, I mean that's the ultimate slap in the face in reality. And I'm sorry, I think Le'Veon Bell ends up on one of those teams. I mean, there's already rumors he wants to go to Cleveland. All right, so it, it, I mean Le'Veon Bell's trying to stick it to this football team because what you said, Cuervo, um, they didn't pay the man. Now, maybe they felt like it was too much, and I can respect that all day long, and I can respect what Le'Veon Bell wants to do, but the hang-on, the, the hang-on, the, the hangover of will we get him back or we can get him back, oh, let's see if we can make the deal and all that other crap. 
You know, they just didn't let it go, and that was one of the problems. Steelers are in a lot of trouble, I think, this year. Something to look, you know, something to look forward to, see how it works. The Le'Veon Bell landing is going to be a very interesting story later on uh, going into the offseason. Now, we're going to talk about football. We don't do a lot of this show because it's just Sometimes it's great to be a self-proclaimed idiot so you don't have to have a great, great take about anything. But there's a take I think I'm all set for, Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly, the head coach of Notre Dame, is being courted by the Bucks And Cuervo, he better break his neck to take the, take the offer because, let's be honest, when you talk Notre Dame, this is not, this is not a football team or a program that is known for consistency of greatness all the time and he better take advantage of the greatness that he had, and he better sign that contract and get over to the Bucks if that is what he, in fact, wants to do. Yeah, Sonny, I don't, I, don't know if, I don't know if that's a good job for Brian Kelly. I don't know if that's a good job for anybody. I mean, I'm sorry, but I, I would, just because of his, I, actually, I don't think he has any experience in the NFL. Um, so for a first time head coach in the NFL, in my opinion, Sonny, I think you're setting a first time coach up for failure when you, when you, uh, bring him on to, to a team that doesn't have a solid quarterback. Okay. And, you know, it's a tough division itself. I mean, the New Orleans Saints are, you know, you know, we'll see how far they go in the playoffs. Carolina wasn't too far behind. I mean, they almost made the playoffs. Uh, and, and the Atlanta Falcons, I mean, they could turn it around next year. You, you never know. I mean, they fired Steve Sarkeesian, uh, so it'll be interesting yeah. to see who they bring yeah. in uh, next, you know, for, for next year. You don't think he's making enough money at Notre Dame? No, he'll go for more money. He'll get more money than what he's getting in Notre Dame, Corey, about. He'll get more money. And, and, yeah, and I mean, frankly, is it, is it, Cuervo, is this, it worth the headache? This headache has to go to the NFL, Cuervo. This, this guy doesn't have this. This guy doesn't have enough to continue the success of what they're talking about for a you know a college program, Cuervo. And that's what it boils down. So he's got to go, and he's got to go for the money. And if he does it, Sonny, I think it's a bad move. Uh, that's just me, though. I wouldn't go to a if if I am a college, you know, all I've done in my coaching career is co- coach at the college level, and I have an opportunity to go to the NFL, but it's to a team that doesn't have an established quarterback in a tough division, uh, you know, and, and the front office is, you know, not the greatest. I, I don't think I – I can't – I couldn't do it. I would not put myself through that stress of trying to – turn a team around that job is more of more for somebody that's a veteran coach that knows what he's doing and can turn that that thing around that's just me though I think you know Kyle Shanahan um going to San Francisco his first time as an NFL head coach that that was a great move by him he set himself up nicely um but for Brian Kelly to go to Tampa Bay Sonny he's um, he, I'm sorry. I just think he he would fail. He would fail there. I think we lost Sonny. Is he there? 
Sonny, there, did you put did you put yourself on mute? Yeah, I put myself on mute. Um, <laughs> I think the reality of the sense is, is that he has to take the job, whichever one is really given to him. Because, you know, I, I agree with you that's a job that really needs to go to a veteran, you know, coach. But the Buccaneers aren't that smart, Cuervo. You and I both know it. So the simple fact of the matter is, is that when you got a guy like this, and he's not going to get 10,000 offers come down to him, Cuervo. Well, I mean, I, I think the better question is, does Brian Kelly even want it? I mean, has he considered making a move to the NFL? Is that something that he's interested in? I mean, we just can't assume that, that that's, you know, that he's going to do it because his name was brought up. He may not have any interest. I mean, Pat, yeah. Pat, Fitzgerald, Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern has been rumored to take the Green Bay Packers job, but he hasn't said anything about being interested in coaching the NFL. So, uh, rumors are rumors. Yeah, you got. Yeah, you got to love the rumors. That's just you know, that's just the way it kind of works. So, yeah. Um, that being said, it's one of those uh, things where. Uh, okay. All right. Hey, Cuervo, do me a favor. I'm, I'm going to feed you something. I want you to jump on it really quick, okay? Because I, I just had something pop up in front of me that I got to square away immediately. It won't take me but a second. Um, but two things. Number one, the Cow- Dallas Cowboys. We're going to talk about that game. Um, you do the. I want you to think about Elliott and the mediocre run defense that supposedly the Seattle Seahawks have. But I want you to start off regarding the Eagles. If the Eagles upset the Bears, do they have a quarterback controversy over in Philadelphia? I'll let you shoot on that. I've got, I've, I'm going to be listening, but i got, I got to do some typing here really quick. But uh, jump on, uh, it, would there be a quarterback controversy in Philadelphia? Yeah, I'll draw it out as much as you need me to, Sonny. But, um, you know, I've heard that question a couple of times. Um, Look, I I think if you're not worried about, you know, the, the, I guess the outcome of what Carson Wentz would think, how he would feel about that, and – you're willing to accept however he's going to take that, um, you know, pretty much because, I mean, it would be something where, you know, you're talking about a guy winning you two Super Bowls back-to-back, right? I mean, I'm assuming that's that's how far we're going to take this conversation. Yeah, uh, quarterback. correct. I mean, that's a tough one because I haven't really – put too much thought into it, but I guess what I would say right off the top of my head is it's not really fair to Carson Wentz due to the fact that both years he hasn't even had a chance to play in the playoffs. And this would be a guy with two rings who's never even started a playoff game. So how do we know how he's going to perform in the playoffs if he's never had the chance to? It's, it's unfortunate that this is the second year now where his team's going into the playoffs 
and he's down with an injury. Now, I've I've also heard there's a long shot. There's a very long shot that if the Eagles make it that far, he might, might be able to play in, in the Super Bowl. Might be able to. Because now, a lot of people don't know this, but Carson Wentz was never put on injured reserve. So for people that, that, that are like, well, he can't come back. He's on IR. He actually was never put on IR. So just in case you didn't know that, but yeah, you know, it, it, that, that's, that's a tough one, Tony, but you know, I don't think ultimately my answer is no, I don't think there will be a quarterback controversy in Philadelphia because if, if Nick Foles goes in there, wins them another title, Nick Foles ain't sticking around in Philadelphia. I'm telling you, you want to talk about somebody that's going to get offered a boatload of money. Nick yeah. Foles, he would, I mean, he would have money coming out of his ears, nose, and, and everywhere else. He would be getting paid so much. He would be a top 10 paid quarterback instantly. Yeah, but you know, how tainted would Carson Wentz be, though, Cuervo? Two years, two Super Bowls, and you need your backup quarterback to come and do the damn job. Why couldn't he do it all year long? You know, I understand the controversy. Um, I don't know if there'd be that much of a controversy. I, I'll be honest, because I, I look at injuries a lot different than most people. And so you prove me that you can't get through a season or that you can get through a season healthy and in a place where maybe you'll make the playoffs. Because let's be honest, Philadelphia Eagles were not in that position. And if it wasn't for Nick Foles, they probably wouldn't have made it to the playoffs. So, you know, there's a lot of things that you've got to make a decision on if you're the Philadelphia Eagles. That decision is, is what, what, what do you want? Do you want the young guy that's supposed to be the next big thing, or do you want the big thing? And right now, if Nick Foles wins up another Super Bowl, he's the big thing. And then you have, to, you have to make a decision as a franchise where you want to go. But most importantly, if you do let a Carson Wentz go, what are you going to get for him? And that's going to be the most important thing. And then you got to look into the draft and see if you can get something like a Carson Wentz or a, a suitable same type of guy as a Nick Foles. So they got a lot of decisions to make. Me personally, I just go with what the success is, and no offense, that's not with Carson Wentz right now. Then I'm looking at what can I get for Carson Wentz, and if it's a good enough deal, you, you know, you might have to pull the trigger because no one's going to be upset with you if you say Nick Foles is our guy. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. Um, I just, you know, I just think that it would be a like you like you mentioned. I mean, what does that do to the mentality of Carson Wentz? Um, honestly, I mean, it's, it's something that's beyond their, his control. I mean, look, injuries happen. You don't, you can't predict them. It's not like anybody hopes for it or wishes for it. Like injuries just happen, Sonny. And unfortunately for a guy like him, you know, two years in a row, you know, he's a star player on the team now and he goes down with injuries. I, I, I'm well, so, predict, I, I say you can't predict the injuries. Now, that having been said, you know, looking at Andrew Luck, they got lucky. But that was only one time really kind of injury, if you think about it. Well, actually, it was two. But, you know, it's, it's 
There's just something about the way Andrew Luck rebounded compared to what Carson Wentz did is the reason why I look at it and go, you know, the, the, you know I don't know if we want to call him fragile or not, but I'm not, I'm not right now. Carson Wentz, I liked what he did his his uh, his rookie year, but guess what? In reality, you look at it, he went into the sophomore slump, Cuervo. I mean, you, you just look at the whole situation. It's the sophomore slump. But, you know, and then just, you know, you know, to top it all off with the great icing, another injury. So as a rookie gets hurt, then as a second-year sophomore slump because they weren't going to make the playoffs if Nick Foles didn't get in there and win those games. And I'm going to be honest, that with the way that we were watching Nick Foles play, he wasn't going to win as many games as Nick Foles did during that time to get him there. So, you know, I, I, mm-hmm. I, I you got to just – kind of consider it, in my mind, he goes down next year uh, if he's a, a starting quarterback, you know, because he hasn't proved to me that he can't do it yet. So as soon as he can, can prove to me he can make it through a whole season without injury, that's how I predict whether or not that guy's going to go down. He will. Carson wants to go down. I like Carson Wentz. Don't get me wrong. I No negativity toward him except the fact that he can't remain healthy and then as a franchise you gotta make a decision what kind forget the forget the mentality of a Carson Wentz. You, you know, you go down two times you got Nick Foles going there, you better be nervous about your job. And again, if they go that route, I don't think anybody's gonna say Jack squat to to anybody in you know, as far as that's concerned. So it should be a very interesting situation. But I'm even gonna I'm even gonna give you a bear some props, Square Buff. I don't see him getting past your Chicago Bears. I really don't. Yeah, I hope not, Sonny. It's it's going to be a challenge, though. I mean, look, I know the Eagles. You know they they uh you know just squeaked in the playoffs. You know they needed help from from a you know from a couple other teams. Um, but look, I think I think this is the best thing for the Bears. You know, as they as the saying goes. To be the man, you got to beat the man. Right now, yep. the Philadelphia Eagles Absolutely. are the man. I mean, they're the defending champions. Absolutely. You, you, dis- you knocked them out of the playoffs? Look, I know there's better teams waiting, um, but you think about the confidence that that builds. You know, you just, you just eliminated the defending Super Bowl champions from the playoffs in your first playoff game. Mitch Trubisky's awesome. first playoff start. The first yep. playoff game for the Chicago Bears in eight seasons, Sonny. Confidence is going to be through the roof if the Bears win this game on Sunday afternoon. And, and, and you know I'm going to be watching every snap. And I've got a lot yep. of Eagles fans that are, that are going to be talking smack. And, and, you know, I'm just going to stay quiet until the game's over. If we win, we win. If we lose, we lose. But I, I just think that if, if they can win, uh, the confidence is going to be there. And, and – um, as much as I would love to go to the game, because they're probably going to come here to L.A. next, um, as I mentioned before, I, I, I'm a lot happier, you know, watching it on a big screen with some with some hot wing, buffalo wings, whatever, crowded with fellow, you know, football fans, whatever. The crowds of going to a game, it, it's, it's a headache. You know, it would be a cool experience, don't get me wrong, uh, but I, I would prefer to watch it somewhere a little more comfortable on a big screen. Yeah, and you have all the snacks that you can get for free, you know. That, that's, that's even better. But it should be an interesting situation that's going on there. 
Um, as far as that's concerned, as far as the Nick Foles and everything else, if they pull off the miracle, um, I don't see that they will, but, hey, it is what it is. But, you know, that leads us into the game that we're going to be talking about, uh, the reason why we're up on air. Two games on Saturday. Let's go to the first one, the Indianapolis Colts and the Houston Texans. You know, we came in to this and we talked about Colts 10-6, Houston 11-5. and We're talking one-game difference, um, really not that much of a difference. Uh, but the situation regarding Indianapolis, I was talking about it last week, and I meant it. You know, nothing is really all that exciting about the Indianapolis Colts or if it was the Titans that they won that game. But if you really kind of think about what's going on, we're only talking about one game difference between Houston and the Indianapolis Colts. But this is more about the eye test in reality, Cuervo. I mean, I've seen both of these teams play. Right now, Houston just looks the best. But really what seals the deal, and forget about the offense, they blank themselves out. This is all about a defensive game, and if if Houston goes into this game completely healthy the way it seems like they are, then the Indianapolis Colts are going to have a tough time scoring. And if you look on the other side, you got you got a quarterback that can move around there for Houston. This guy this guy can move the ball. He can move himself around, move the ball around, and there's a lot of stuff. And the Indianapolis Colts, I don't think have enough answers to what is coming their way. So compared to the other side, Houston can probably handle an Andrew Luck. But I look at the other side and go, how's Indianapolis going to stop Deshaun Watson from making plays? And I just don't see it where it's going to happen. And that's the reason why the Indianapolis Colts are in trouble of being eliminated in the first round. Although, if you're the Indianapolis Colts, you have to be happy that they're at least in this position in the first place, first year getting an Andrew Luck back. Yeah, Sonny, and I think Andrew Luck is a prime candidate for, for comeback player of the year. I really think that he's a guy that has to be considered Without for that question. award. Because, I mean, there's a couple other guys, too, that I, you can think of, but I think there's no doubt that Andrew Luck should should win that award. You look at, I mean, the Colts, you know, they, they uh, were, what, a top, let me think. Didn't they have like a top ten pick or something like that? And now, now they're a playoff team. It's kind of similar yep, to you know, the turnaround that the yeah. Bears had. So, uh, but here's the difference. All right, and this is something that we don't talk too much about when it comes to the Indianapolis Colts. They have a pretty decent defense. Like they've got guys that can make some plays, and uh, that's something that we don't talk about a lot when it comes to the Indianapolis Colts. That's something that they traditionally don't have. Even when even when they won the Super Bowl back in 2006, their defense was, you know, subpar. And uh, obviously the offense is what carried them to that championship. But, um, you know, this, this Colts team feels a lot more balanced than recent, you know, Colts teams that made the playoffs, you know, three years ago before Andrew yeah. was going through all of his injuries. Um, I think that, you know, the difference is they've drafted well. I mean, my God, I mean, what can you say about Darius Leonard, the linebacker? The guy's a stud. Right? He's, he's most likely going to win rookie of the year uh, defensively. Um, and, and, and I wouldn't be mad at that, even though I picked Derwin James from the Chargers to win that award 
uh, at the beginning of the year, I, I wouldn't even be upset if, if Leonard was the one that wound up winning because he, he has earned it. And so, you know, the, the, the Colts, believe it or not, it feels like they're, they're a little bit – they've got a little bit more momentum than the Houston Texans do going into the playoffs. And I know that Houston won the division and all that stuff, but it feels like Indianapolis is the hotter team right now just because of they haven't lost a game in, in, in quite some time. And just a couple of weeks ago, you know, Houston – was on the road and they had lost to a Philadelphia team. Yes, sir. Uh, that that barely got into the playoffs. And if I'm not mistaken, Sonny, weren't they losing that game this past Sunday to the Jaguars and they had to come back? Yes, and they win, were. Or am I thinking wrong? Ja- Jaguars were, Jaguars were up by three at one point, but yes. So, so I know a lot of people got a lot of love for the Houston Texans, and, and I and I understand why. You know, Deshaun Watson is an exciting guy to watch. On the yeah, football his first field. playoffs too, Cuervo. Remember last year, he was one that was decimated with the injury going into the – well, it wasn't even going into the playoffs, Cuervo. It was an injury that happened quite – like right in the middle of the season. So uh, yeah. what could have happened, um, you know, was never there because they just didn't have the, the quality backup that they needed in order to move forward to try to make a playoff run. Uh, this, this year, obviously, a lot different. All 16 games started. Um, and not only that, he's been nothing but phenomenal. Then that winning streak in the middle of the season also helped him as well. But he, the, the funny thing about it is you look at where the Indianapolis Colts started off this season, Cuervo, you, you, could, almost, you could have almost written them off in reality uh, because they were having a tough time getting out of the gate. And when, when you're in the NFL – one of the biggest things that you need to do, and, that, and we talk about it all day, it's hard to see teams that, you know, go out there and, and you know, have success right away. But this is a, this is a team, in reality, Cuervo, was 1-5. and 1-5 and five going into the mm-hmm. second, or seventh week of the season. They took loss to Cincinnati. They beat Washington. They lost to Philadelphia, lost to Houston, lost to New England, not lost to the Jets. That was probably one of them before they started getting on the winning side of it with Buffalo and Oakland. Now, granted, they had a pretty good schedule to come back and do well. They only lost one game after week number six of, uh, of the year, and that was to Jacksonville at six to nothing. So, you know, with games, you know, Buffalo, Oakland, Jacksonville, Tennessee, Miami, Houston, Dallas, Giants, and Tennessee, they came back against some pretty quality teams in reality. You know, I'm not saying New York, the, the New York Giants are great, but listen, if you're, if you got, you got to be at least a decent team to beat them. So then you beat the Dallas Cowboys at that time that, you know, they, they were, you know, winning the Super Bowl and everything else. So right around that time, uh, so that was a huge win for them. Um, but the Jaguars, you know, getting the victory against them the first time, then the victory against Tennessee, both sweeping them out of the way. Um, big time, big time for them. But I like the teams that they faced to get to that point and end it on a good game with Tennessee. So the last, uh, the last four weeks were Houston, Dallas, New York, and Tennessee. Tough, four tough games to make it to the playoffs. So and and looking at the number, Cuervo, they won seven of their last. Uh, mark that 
they've won nine of their last ten games to get into the place where they're at. So that you know, looking at the, you, you might be correct as far as that's concerned up on the defensive side of the ball. They did give up a couple of times going over thirty, but hey, sometimes that happens. But next year, Cuervo, it really changes the landscape of the AFC South. Yeah, it does. I mean, it makes the race a lot tighter because you're going to have three teams that, you know, could potentially win that division. You know, I mean, even Jacksonville, I mean, who's to say that Jacksonville doesn't, doesn't make another big run where their defense carries them to, to, you know, 10, 11 wins or whatever. And I mean, the, I think overall the, the division is very strong. I, I'll even go as far as saying, depending on what Jacksonville does in the offseason to improve their offense, it's really a toss-up. Any of those four teams could win the division, okay? But Jacksonville needs to improve on offense. You know that better than anybody. Absolutely. I think that, you know, I think that Houston... to a quarterback is going to be their biggest thing because you can sit there and talk about the defense, how bad it was, but sooner or later, the defense realizes who your quarterback is, Okay. So, you know, I, I don't even put this year on the Jaguar defense more so than I put it on the fact that they knew who their quarterback was, and they're like, why are we busting our asses here? We're not going to get the win because we don't have the guy that can get us over the hump to get us the win. And I think that's the reason why you've seen a very big drop of production on the defensive side of the ball because, as Dennis Green says, we know who the Bears, we know who they were, and and they know who their quarterback is. So, you know, there's something yeah. about having a guy that can, you know, really kind of, you know, give you a spark uh, moving forward. And they knew they didn't have it with Blake Bortles. And it showed it about, you know, after the fifth game of the season, that defense was like, why are we killing ourselves here? They're not scoring points with this guy. And, and as a defense, you're not going to say anything publicly, but you know they're talking. They know who they got there. And that's a tough thing for them to get over. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you know, Jacksonville's got a lot to do in the offseason. They're going to have a, a great draft pick. So, um, you know, they're just going to have to do their homework and make sure that they pick the right guy to help improve yeah, that. Yeah, unlike earlier Fortnite, who they canceled the contract on. Well, not the contract, but the bonuses on the contract, uh, which goes to show this, 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 I love it. I love they did it. I, I just, I, I finally just, Love that they, they said, you know what, no, this is not the kind of football player we want on this football team. You're not going to make yourself, you know, be a professional football player. Um, you know, then that's going to be a problem with us. And then you're going to have to prove it in order to get another contract. And that's what they told them in reality, Cuervo. So, Lena Fournette, their number four draft pick, I think they're number four again this year. If I know, no, number five, I think they're five or six, one of those two. Uh, this year, so they're going to have a damn good, uh, damn good pick this year. So hopefully they will get the guy they want more so than another Leonard Fournette. Well, I mean, I don't know if the solution is drafting another running back. I think they need, they need just a guy. Uh, a I mean. receiver. And the reason I say that is because look, I know the obvious is moving on at quarterback from Blake Bortles. But can you honestly say that any of these guys coming out of college are going to be a guy that can instantly take over the job of Blake Bortles? I, I don't yeah, see it. I, There's no 
I, I, no I think I get what you're saying, Cuervo. Yeah, so to to try and force the issue and, and drafting a quarterback, and, you know, with a top, you know, five pick, none of these guys really, really don't stand out. I think you're wasting. It's a waste of it. Go get you a playmaking receiver, kid from Arizona State. Um, you're probably familiar with him. I can't think of his name right now, uh, but I mean, you know, that that guy looks like he can he can go up there and and you know snag some passes. Um, so I think that's that's the move you make. Uh, I don't think you really need to go offensive line. I think you're fine at running back. Uh, you know, ends are. are Guys that you can get later in the draft, you don't need to waste a pick on a top five on a tight end. So, go get you a playmaking receiver, and you know, maybe in the second or third round, you go get you a quarterback that looks like he could potentially take over for Blake Bortles. Um, well, but, what they need yeah. to do is if, if for some reason the Philadelphia Eagles can't get past the Bears, we'll talk about that game on Sunday. And he go win another Super Bowl. If I'm Jacksonville Jaguars, I'm going to sell the farm on getting Carson Wentz. And I'll, I granted, you know what I talked about. This guy's an injury waiting to happen. But that guy will be available. There, there could be some guys that are available for your boat. I mean, we talked about, well, who are you going to get? There's, there's some good points out there. Matt Ryan, will, could, could he be available? I don't know. See, and that's, that's one of the interesting things going into this season, Cuervo, on whether or not what you're going to do to go get a guy. And if you're going to sell the farm, you can sell the farm. And if they go get Carson Wentz, if the, the Philadelphia Eagles want to stand pat with, with a Nick Bowles winning in the second Super Bowl, that guy's available. I don't care. What, at, least the, at least the door's open to where they'll hear an offer. And there's some other guys that could be available, Cuervo, uh, within it if some of the rumors we're hearing are true. You know, we could go talk about Matthew Stafford. That's one of the. That's another guy. There were people were talking about. You know, will he or will he not be back? That's going to be the big question as well. So there's some guys that might be able to be getting out there. I hope Eli Manning is not in their future. Um, but what? And what's the love affair between Derek Carr and, and his uh, and, and his uh, you know general manager slash coach? So. I think there's some guys actually this year. I think they're, they they could be gotten. Look out for Matt Ryan. Now again, I don't know who they're going to get, and that's what it boils down to. If the Atlanta Falcons let Matt Ryan go, who are you going to get? But I think these guys can be gotten. But you're going to have to sell the farm a little bit to get if you're going to get the good name out there. I, that, I think you're on mute, or is that me? No, that's me, Sonny. I'm trying to connect my Bluetooth set. And, uh, Got it. Not let me. But, yeah, I, honestly, I mean, I, I don't see that happening. I, I understand your theory uh, as far as Matt Ryan is concerned. I think the Atlanta Falcons have too much money invested in him to just dump him off. Uh, so I, I really think that. Matt Ryan is not going to be a guy that's available. I'll tell you, I... I, How about Andy Dalton, Joe Flacco? Maybe. Maybe Andy Dalton. Um, Joe Flacco, I think, is the question as well. 
But I'll tell you, I've got a name for you, and I don't remember exactly how long they committed to him, but I think Case Keenum from Denver could be on the move again because, I mean, they fired their head coach. Yeah. Right. So what that tells me is that John Elway is looking for for change in Denver from from the head coach on down. And anybody, if anybody knows quarterbacks, it's John Elway. So. Um, Did Kirk Cousins be I, on the run? Kirk Cousins ain't going nowhere, Sonny. Okay. I, I know. I, I know. The love that you have for Kirk Cousins is just unbearable. But <laughs> I think that. Uh, I don't think, I think he's, I he's leaving Minnesota. They went after him. Because, and the reason I say that is because every every penny of that contract is guaranteed. So if you trade yep. Kirk Cousins away, yeah. guess who has to eat that money up? Yeah, the Minnesota Vikings do. And they don't yeah. get his services, the little services that he gives. <laughs> they're, they're, they're not going to get – you thought the production was bad with him in a Vikings uniform. You don't get anything from him if he's not in a Vikings uniform. So – I don't, I don't, I don't see that happening. I think he fulfills his contract in Minnesota, and then he he might move on if Minnesota doesn't want him anymore. By the way, how did Oakland? Why did Oakland go after uh, Peterman? Did you see that pick up? Or you know, I I just I I I'm I'm so totally lost about that. Did you see that, uh, Sonny? I, I look. I, I don't. I, I have nothing for you there. Uh, I saw the, the text. I mean, it's it's not like it's not like they made the playoffs. What? What? How does it benefit you signing Nathan Peterman? Is that supposed to scare Derek Carr? Like, oh God, I hope I don't lose my starting job to Nathan how does it, Peterman. How does it scare AJ McCarron? I mean, come on, you're serious. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Going, yeah, bring him on. That's cool. <laughs> Just I don't want to buy me in the backup role. That's good. I'm fine with that. Maybe they're going to trade Derek Carr, get another first round pick. Like I, I have no Maybe. idea. I have no <laughs> idea. I, and that's a name. Hey, two other names though. Uh, Adrian McCarron. I would love to see him be a starter in this league. I, you know, and or Teddy Bridgewater. And that's the one I want. Oh yeah. Personally, Sonny Clark. If you're going to go grab someone that 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 theoretically will be available, Adrian McCarron probably could be gotten it. I would go Adrian McCarron and Teddy Bridgewater in that order. I, that's who I, that I think they can honestly get in reality. I, neither one of them are great, but at the same time, you know, you're talking about Teddy Bridgewater's got two years in the NFL underneath his belt. Um, plus Deshaun Watson right there within your division, you know. So and you got to figure out uh, Mariota uh, because you got Andrew Luck, who's the atypical uh, pocket uh, quarterback. Uh, so, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is kind of like the other two within the division, so they can maybe keep up with, with it. With that. I don't know. So it, it, it's very interesting about uh, Peter McKitten signed over there. I thought it was quite quite funny. So, hey. That's entertaining you know, it is to me. What it is. Yeah, it's entertaining yeah. to me it's just because there's really no yeah. valid reason for doing it. No, I don't even understand. It makes no sense unless, you know, now – you know, in our level of football, sometimes you just need guys. You know, maybe he's just a guy. 
But, you know, God, I think you could have went out and got one of the undrafted rookie quarterbacks that are going to come out and do the same damn thing. Uh, so, it, you know, and younger. So, yeah, I, I'm right there. So it should be interesting to see where that goes. Now, that having been said, Cuervo, that's going to take us into our next game that happens on Sunday. And all my locals are, you know, want to talk about but by, by the way, who are you picking in that game, uh, Indianapolis and Houston? I think we're on the same team. Um, I think we're both on Houston, according to what I wrote down. Actually, Sonny, yeah, I'm going to go on the other side. I, 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 you know, the, since the playoff schedule was made, and up until I would say yesterday, I was on Houston, and, and I and I looked at it a little bit, and I said, you know, Indianapolis has played a lot better football this past month than no question. You know, about Houston that. had, and 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 not to, not to take anything away from the Houston Texans, I mean, outstanding team. Fun to watch, you know. Deshaun Watson to DeAndre Hopkins, I think is probably one of the best combos we have in the I NFL agree. right now. I just think overall, though, Houston has, has gotten a little bit cold, and and Indianapolis is getting hot at the right time. And on top of that, look, Andrew Luck's out to to uh, prove to everybody that the that the injuries that he that he went through wasn't going to define his career as a bust or, or that he wasn't done as a quarterback in the NFL. And I think he's going to go out there and he's going to make it happen. All right. He, he's, he's pulled off upset wins in the playoffs before. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, so I'm, I'm going to roll, I'm going to roll with Andrew Luck and I'm going to roll with the Indianapolis Colts to be Houston out, out on the road. Interesting. That, that, that's a big one. That's a big change. So I just wrote it down. So the change has been made. Um, you know, I, 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 this one was tough because you're right. Because Indianapolis, out of really, if you think about it, Cuervo, out of all the teams in the NFL, had, was playing the best going into the into the uh, uh, last part of the season. I mean, they only lost one in their last eight, ten. So they won not, They were nine and one in their last ten games. I mean, no one can say that. Even the Rams, not even the New Orleans Saints, not anybody on the AFC with the Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs. There's no question about it. They're the hottest team in the NFL going into the playoffs. So it should be an interesting one. I'm going to hang, I'm going to hang with the home team. I like the home team in reality um, in that one. So that takes us to the, the next game that is up for grabs here on Saturday. I will be calling uh, wrestling while this game's on, but they're going to have a big screen on at the same time. So I'll be watching that as I'm calling wrestling. As far as the Seattle Seahawks, ten and six, going up against the Dallas Cowboys, ten and six. Now I've been hearing, I've been hearing about it. Will Seattle's, you know, kind of sort of mediocre defense be able to stop Ezekiel Elliott? Well, I'm gonna the, the whole situation with that that thing, and that's why I'm hearing people are taking the Dallas Cowboys, and I get it. I understand it. Never mind. I understand the homers all over this country, Cuervo, that are Dallas Cowboys lovers. But I'm going to tell you straight out, the Dallas Cowboys already know what they could do to win the game, but they won't do it because they just refuse to do what it takes to win games sometimes. Cuervo, we talk about it all the time as far as the Dallas Cowboys. 
and that, that Dallas Cowboys not doing what they're supposed to do in order to win a football game. Now we're in the playoffs. A one-and-done Dallas Cowboys is not a great big surprise to me because the second most hottest team coming into the playoffs happened to be the Seattle Seahawks. This is a football team that figured out their chemistry during the years, got over some bad humps, and they are coming into the last part of the season playing some good football. And, I, you know, I said it, you know, in the last show, um, uh, last Sunday show, I switched Seattle in the NFC Championship game. So they're obviously, at least in my mind, they're going to get this victory here because they're more of a complete team. Dallas, sometimes they have that problem, and where they are weakest. You can say how great the defense has been playing, but when you got a guy that can throw the football like Russell Wilson, he's going to burn that secondary, Cuervo, and it, will be, it won't even be hard for him uh, as far as that's concerned. So, you know, Seattle coming into Dallas to play in Dallas over at Jerry World I, I don't think it's even a surprise in reality or an upset. But all I'm reading, Cuervo, is that the Seattle Seahawks win this game. This is an upset. And all I'm going to say is that I test for the last six weeks of the season, Cuervo. And that, that's the reason why you take a look at Seattle. And not only that, if you look at that defense, that defense is one of the best in the league. Um, even when you throw in the quote unquote mediocre running game, they're still in the top. They're still within the top seven to eight in every category on the defensive stats. So, you know, you know, I think in this game, defense is going to win the game. But really, in reality, Russell Westbrook and Dak Prescott—they're the same guys, but just one's got more experience. So, all in all, I, I looked at this game. I, I got Seattle. I didn't even—I didn't even second guess this one. Even though my critics say that I bash them just to bash them, I actually looked at this game and, and saw the difference between these two football teams. And, and right now, the eye test is telling me Seattle. Yeah, Sonny, this, this one is a tough one. Um, you know, obviously, what I, what I like, though, is, you know, we all thought Dallas was just going to accept you know, just clinching the playoffs, but they actually went out there and they won that game against the New York Giants on Sunday. They wanted that win. And I thought that was important. For Sorry, that's Dallas to go two. out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they did. And and look I mean it was a that, ballsy move. I think it was not... the first ballsy move Jason Garrett made in his Dallas Cowboy career. But in the game that didn't matter is when he did it, though. Yeah, exactly. And and if you go back and you look at their schedule, aside from that loss to the Colts, twenty-three to nothing in Week Fifteen, they hadn't lost a game since you ready November fifth, Week Nine. So if it wasn't for that loss, that one loss, they would have Good went into the playoffs. Them. They would have went into the playoffs with an eight-game winning streak. Instead, I mean, you know, eight and one their last nine games. You know, everybody's talking about how hot Seattle is. Dallas isn't really too far behind. I so agree. It, this is a tough one. This, so. this one's got a lot of storylines and everything else, you know, you know, because of what we talked about earlier in the season. They get that marquee win. They follow it up the right way, Cuervo. And that is to get the victory against the Philadelphia Eagles 
after the marquee win. And I don't even care how they got it or what it took in order for it to get done. It got done. Period. When we talked about the next week against the Indianapolis Colts, we wanted to see them step on their throat. That's my thing. That's what I wanted to see out of them, and they didn't do it. But they sure did it the next two weeks. So, you, you know, I, I got to give props and give credit where credit is due. You're right, Cuervo. The Dallas Cowboys have been playing good football, which, by the way, I think yeah, – I don't know. Were you able to find who we picked and everything? Because I don't know where – I don't know where my – I wrote them all down, but I cannot find that one freaking thing. So um, I had mentioned to you before, Sonny, I went back and I listened to our show at the beginning of the year. <laughs> well, unfortunately <laughs> – we both picked the San Francisco 49ers to win that division. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah that, 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 was that bad. prediction didn't quite work out. <laughs> yeah, that didn't work out for us. I'm positive. I'm positive. God, that was – talk about – now, that was one that – hey, listen, I don't mind missing, but, man, that, that was like a Bob Euchre call. You know, just uh-huh. outside, tried the corner and missed. Mm-hmm. No, you missed it by a mile. That that was bad. <laughs> well, in our defense, you know, again, you can't predict injuries, so <laughs> Jimmy probably yeah. goes down pretty gear. Yeah, that. that At least that, I had the Rams in second. I mean, I think you had the Rams in second or third. I had them in second yeah, cause, because cause, the Arizona Cardinals suck, and I thought Seattle sucked too. So, you know. They, you did. They, so, I had the range second. So, but, yeah, I got to find, I got to go back and listen to those shows and stuff and figure that out. But, um, but I did have the Dallas Cowboys. So, you know, I did pick yes, them to win did. this division. Um, and, and, and that took every ounce of energy that I had to even get it out of my diaphragm to go through and out my mouth. I mean, it was, it was very mm-hmm. long. But but more than the fact is, is that I was in the in the reason why I picked them. It wasn't because of Ezekiel Elliott. It wasn't because of the so-called defense. That, by the way, their their de- their defense are not not contenders. They're pretenders. I'm sorry, they are. Um, it was because of Dak Prescott. And even you know, I listened in this area. The guy didn't have very many interceptions, and all they were doing was bashing on him. You know, you know, some of the top ten quarterbacks in the NFL have more interceptions than he does. So they're bashing this guy right and left. Right. After the sophomore year that he had, even though they didn't make the playoffs, they did go nine and seven. Okay, this team, in reality, Cuervo, is for the three years that Dak Prescott has started, has averaged eleven games a year or eleven wins a year, and that puts you at the top of the, in reality, the NFC every year in the East. Now, granted, they didn't get there last year because it was in '97. They did go 13-3, and so there's a difference. But I'm going to tell you right, right. now, the Dallas Cowboys got to be happy with the quarterback that wins them 11 games every year because they weren't getting that with Tony Romo. So you've you got to nope. – and not only that, this young cat, even though he does turn the ball, ball over at sometimes at bad times, he's been your best quarterback in Dallas Cowboys history regarding wins each and every year. And not only that – as far as the type of player that he is. I'm going to say it, I, and I know, I know I'm going to get beat up for it, but 
as far as the type of player and maturity coming in there, he's better than Troy Aikman. He just is. And, uh, no. Now, does that make him as good as Troy Aikman? No. But the first year, he played better than Troy Aikman. There's no question about it. And it's the same thing with, you know, if you want to even go to Roger Staubach. They play better, but it's a different time and a different era. But the, the simple fact of the matter is, is that he, out, he outshined two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, you know, in his first three years. He just really did, at least in the first year. Um, so mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys are so fans are so fickle. You've got to be lucky that not only that Cuervo remember this cat come out of the fourth round and was and he was projected to fix Cuervo. So yeah, they they took a chance on him and grabbed him up in the fourth round. But you know, that, how'd that work out for you? Better be damn happy, boy. Fickle, 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 Dallas Cowboy fans. You. you you, you you gotta know what you have in front of you before you start bashing it, and they just don't do it. That's just the way they play play the game. But the Dallas, I mean, this game here, Cuervo, I I, I as much as I want to pick them, and I do because I like Dak Prescott, and, and but I'm not gonna pick because of one guy I like. I'm looking at a team, and I, you know it, this was tough for me to say last week. I'm actually a Seattle Seahawks fan. I mean. The, the the legion of bungholes are gone. Now there's a real defense out on the football field. I'm so happy for that football team to be where they're at right now. Without those guys that were supposedly the greatest thing to come along since fruit punch. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, you're right. You know, I mean, a lot of people won't accept Dak Prescott until he wins a couple playoff games, possibly a Super Bowl, because that's just – You're right. The Dallas Cowboy standard, you know, backwards, this championship or yeah. So I'm not saying Cowboys fans don't like Dak Prescott, but I think to really accept him and and, and where he can be forgiven for having a bad game, he's got to win them a championship. I I think you might be right, but I, I think they do hate him, Cuervo, because they, the Dallas Cowboy fans are just like the Dallas Cowboys. They just don't know what they got, and they don't know how to play what they got. And that, that's the biggest problem with the Dallas Cowboys. That's the biggest problem with Dallas Cowboys fans. So, you know, I, I, it, it, this, this season definitely has defined Dak Prescott as being solidified as one of the better quarterbacks that the Dallas Cowboys have, have taken. And this, he's going to be the reason why that they go forward. Because guess what? He's in the playoffs two of the last three years. That guy's going to be here. When it comes time, Jeremy will break his neck to re-sign him early, and Dak will take it because he feels the love. So it won't even matter what the number is. He's going to take it. Dak Prescott's your next starter for the next four years, Dallas Cowboys fans. Okay? So so you'll have at least seven years with this guy. You better suck it up if you don't like him because he's here for four years. Because they'll get rid of they'll get rid of Jason Garrett before they get rid of Dak Prescott, because they know the potential, they see the potential. So the eye test is what's doing it more so than the W, and the NFC right. out of the last NFC championships that they NFC East championships they run one under Dak Prescott. Yeah, you know you're right, Sonny, but I tell you, you know Dallas has other things to worry about too this off season. 
you know, they they've got some offensive line issues they gotta they gotta work Absolutely. work out. I mean, look, it's beyond their control, but the fact of the matter is, Travis Frederick is, is probably not going to be able to ever play football again. So, yeah, they need to they look got, into finding got, them a, a big time center to replace him. Yep, that's Absolutely. big shoes to fill. And, and that goes and that goes back to what I said, said a couple of weeks ago. You know, the Dallas Cowboys, the reason why they haven't had the success is because they haven't taken the offensive lineman in the first round like they should have. And, and I, I, I'll go to my grave up on that, especially right here, you know, in Dallas. But the reason why is they need consistency on that line to be good, Cuervo, it's obvious. Right. Sorry you, about you that, Tony. And having, I'm muted because I'm I was having sneezing. dinner at the same time. <laughs> no, it was me. So, um, so having a little dinner at the same time doing the show. Well, this is actually a pretty tough one, but I think I'm going to go with um, ah man. You know what? I can't believe I'm going to do this. I'm going to take You're the Dallas Cowboys. You're going to do it. <laughs> you know? It's crazy, oh, because awesome. my, my initial thought was Houston and Seattle. Now I'm on Indy and Dallas. I don't know. It just You just never know sometimes with these, with these playoff games. But I, the way I'm looking at it, Sonny, is Dallas, there's something different about them this year. I don't know if it's a confidence thing, but – it's good. It goes back to what you were talking about. Following up a big win with another big win. You know, they go big time. They prevail. They they win the game at home against New Orleans. They follow it up with a big win against the Philadelphia Eagles. And, and by the way, this was all at home. So that's another reason I'm picking the Dallas Cowboys is because they're a very very tough team to beat at home. If this game was only one Seattle, game loss at home this year. Yeah, if this game was in Seattle, Sonny, I, I would be right there with you. It wouldn't even be a, a doubt in my mind that the Seattle Seahawks would win this game. But I just think that the way Dallas plays, the confidence that they that they have at home, there's not very many teams that can beat them. So I think the Cowboys come out with like win. my co-hosts and they, more than they like me today. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> now, now when they go. When they go to New Orleans next weekend after they win, I don't know if I'm going to be so nice to Cowboys fans. I'm, da- I'm just going to leave it at that. You know, well, that that's a good point, but you know, you also got the uh, you know they reseed by the way, and that's what I I found out. Uh, so the lower seed will end up playing uh, New Orleans, and then the uh, the next team will be uh who's the who's the right in second who else got so who so here's here's how it's gonna here's how it plays out sonny if the bears win they automatically go to la no matter who wins between seattle and dallas because okay. the bears are the number three seed dallas and seattle are four and five so three would play against two and then number one new orleans would play either four or so five they don't reach seed. So they no. don't receive. Okay. Uh-uh. No. So 
Now, if the Eagles win, then they automatically go to New Orleans, and the winner of that Dallas-Seattle game will come to L.A., no matter the outcome of that game. Got it. Good. I'm glad, I'm glad, we, I'm glad we got someone who understands playoffs a little better than I do. <laughs> so that's cool. All right. That's why we I'm did good. So See? That's right, man. Hey, I need a good wingman. I got the best one out there. So good, good stuff. You know, but uh, interesting, interesting news all this week. We'll expound a little bit more on it on Sunday morning. We got a full three-hour show uh, for two games, so I think we'll have plenty of things uh, that we could talk about on Sunday. Um, you know, it, we might even slip out of the NFL and talk about some of the other news that are going on in Major League Baseball. There's some guys that could be on the run, be on the move here fairly soon. Uh, NBA as well, so I'm pretty sure we'll probably dive in a couple, a little bit of that. And then after this weekend, Cuervo, the earlier games, they start at 3.30 in the afternoon, so we officially go to our noon to three slot uh, until week number one of the NFL next year. Yep, yep, that 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 is the sign of the off season that, that's coming, but uh, you know, our show doesn't stop when, when no. after the Super Bowl soon because there's a lot of things. I mean, you got you got uh, you know free agency, uh, the, the free agency period, and then in April you got the draft, and then yep. come May, I mean that's when it dies down a little bit. But um, you know May and June there's not much to talk about football wise, but July is OTAs, training camps begin at the end of July, and then before you know it, it'll be August and it'll be the preseason again. Yep. So we're going to be covering it all. So it's getting really close for for what's going on. Also, uh, the rest of now starting uh, this Friday, uh, games for Rowlett High School start Tuesday and Friday. However, the next Friday we are not going to be calling the Saxy game at Rowlett as I'll be on my Champions Indoor Football uh, yearly uh, business meeting. Uh, I'll be in Oklahoma City. We will have to figure out what we're going to do. We might have to do the show Saturday night, Cuervo, uh, because Sunday morning I will be in meetings. So I wanted to give you a heads up on that. Uh, so um, we might have to do the game, uh, the show Saturday night and talk about all those games. So, um, talking about this weekend? Uh, not this weekend, next weekend. Gotcha. So, uh, okay. We'll have to probably do it next Saturday, obviously, depending on your schedule. Um, I'm out of my meetings at five o'clock, um, and then I got to find out what I got to do as far as after the meeting. But I think around six or seven, we could probably throw together a show, talk about the playoff games and whatever's going on. But I'll keep you posted, see if that even happens. Um, but uh, we'll go from there, okay? No problem, Sonny. As long as you let me know what's going on, I will do what I can to be there. You betcha. Also, um, we're going to try to get SOAR Championship Wrestling up. Uh, we're doing. We're having some technical difficulties with the equipment from SOAR, so, but we're going to try to see if we can still, even though you can't see the action, we're going to see if we can call the action uh, over the radio. It's not all that, but, you know, back in the day, they used to put wrestling and boxing on the radio. We're just trying to reintroduce it. And then, of course, Sunday morning, uh, we'll be on that being said. Uh, so busy weekend for Sonny Clark. Um, so uh, 
uh, Rowlett Varsity Basketball goes through January through February. Maybe some playoffs. We do not guarantee playoff games for basketball because of my schedule. So, um, but we do um, we do guarantee the games during the uh, year, except the one game when I'm out of town. So, and we'll continue. We also have NBA and MLB that we'll be talking about this year in the offseason as well. We'll be kicking off that schedule from 12 to 3, not this weekend, but next weekend. But that's actually going to be altered anyway because we won't be on air. So, um, you know, so basically that's going to start in two weeks, the 12 to 3 uh, time slot for that being said on Sunday morning. So that's going to do it for us as we knocked out 90 minutes of NFL talk and NFL playoffs. I am on uh, I am on Houston. The co-host, the fine co-host is on Indianapolis. I am on Seattle. The co-host is on the Dallas Cowboys. That's going to do it for us tonight here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Catch us on Sunday. We'll be here. And, uh, again, 7 o'clock. Pre-game show for the Rowlett Eagles varsity basketball team. Tip time at 7.45. That's going to do it for us, everybody. Have yourself a great day. Take care. Bye-bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.